Good morning, everyone, and I say this in my best Apostle Paul voice possible. Greetings this morning to Heather. <laughs> Our former lead deacon, who was really a deacon before we had deacons, and greetings to Naomi, who's not in here because she's out there with some kids, but she's another former deacon who is now our Peace Kids coordinator, and she is filling in for a lost child care worker. And greetings to Jana and Paul and Augie and Joyce and Sarah, our current deacons who have loved you in ways you probably haven't seen and also some ways you have seen. And greetings to Wesley and Connor and Haddon, our new junior deacons, and greetings to Tiffany and David and Tori, our deacon candidates who have been in this business of embodying love here and elsewhere, and we are excited to affirm this in a particular way this morning. Um, and then finally, last but not least, greetings to you, to all of you, to all of us, because we are all a part of this legacy of believers like these people that Tiffany read about that Paul names in the conclusion of his letter to the Romans, these are our spiritual ancestors. Just like way back then, we are a group of women and men, and we are creating sacred spaces as one body of people joined together in a common belief that the way of Christ is a way marked by life. Like those early saints, we seek to embody this life-giving way in our time. And as a community, we're ever exploring what this means, what it means to embody this way within each of us, what it means to embody this way as a community. What does it look like to follow, to practice even if we never arrive, to navigate our ever-evolving and distinctly unique faith journeys? What does it look like to dance with paradox on the daily, to embrace mystery and to wrestle in the gray spaces? What does it look like to engage our minds and hearts and bodies in this endeavor? How do we live and move and parent and work from these sacred spaces that we are creating within us and among us? These questions are just a part of our ongoing faith work. These questions are likely why many of us are here. They are why we are constantly poking and prodding at these things of God together, slowly kind of getting a glimpse through our liturgy and sermons and singing and small groups and small talk and every communal encounter in between. We are constantly catching little divine glimpses and then pointing them out to each other. And here's the glimpse that I'd like to mention about us today. And Paul mentions it as well earlier in his letter to the Romans. Connor read about it. He's like, your love should be sincere. Cling to what is good. Outdo one another in respect. Look on others' needs as your own. Bless your persecutors. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Do all you can to be at peace with everyone. And look, we could exegete the heck out of these words. We could go in a thousand different directions and write 15 different sermons today. But I tend to think personally that the gist of this message is a concern with inclusion, which as you can see by the makeup of these early churches and their leadership was actually pretty important to Paul. 
Inclusion, then and now, is still one of the most radical notions a person can claim and live out. It's what we're trying to do here. And it is one way that we understand the way of Christ. This way is radically inclusive, right? Then and now, it knocks down fences, opens up boxes and tight grips, making space for all of our belovedness, making way for heaven on earth. And Paul, no matter how much our previous theology may have tried to stifle it, and despite him being a product of his own time, Paul cared deeply about inclusion. And I think this kind of inclusion is one part, one tenet of something our post-church church does really well, which is generosity. In fact, it is so significant to our culture around here, to our collective posturing and practice, that I'm going to start calling it our theology of generosity. This theology is grounded in our understanding of God, and it is grounded in the Christ way as revealed to us through our sacred text, and it is marked by this wild generosity. It is a no-holds-barred, no-hesitation generosity. It is an abundance-informed, not ego, not scarcity-informed, abundance-informed generosity. It is generosity that is shaped by our liberative understanding of salvation and resurrection. So it is a new life, is always around the corner, hopeful kind of generosity. And this generosity lives with us in the paradox where we like to dwell. As we consistently sacrifice without the need for self-martyrdom, as we look both within and with. Uh, outside ourselves, as we do our inner and outer work, as we move away from either or thinking and set up shop in the both and, we are a community, perhaps slowly but definitely surely, learning this beautiful truth that we don't have to choose. We can both receive and extend generosity, and to do both is an essential part of our spiritual practice and resurrection posture in this world. The theology of generosity has indeed taken root in our community. It's been around for some time, and it has most consistently been nourished and tended to and sustained by none other than our deacons. In fact, this is what it means to be a deacon, if you ask me. It's not being set apart as higher or better, nor is it draining yourself dry unendingly for the sake of the other. Rather, it is stepping into this wild generosity in both spirit and in body, and it is daily committing to see the self, the other, the earth, and all of God's creation through this lens as you do the work you are compelled to do. So Tiffany and Tori and David, um, I'm so excited, first of all, for you to be a part of this day, your day, this morning, and I am utterly thrilled and utterly unsurprised that you are our deacon candidates this morning. Um, But I want you to know that there's no prescriptions here for you today. There's only a generous dose of love, a generous dose of acknowledgement and affirmation, and a generous dose of empowerment from us to you this morning. And I pray that these things would be enough May they be enough to energize you as you step into this role here at Peace. And may this energy help you surrender any lingering scarcity mindsets. May it help you drop any unhelpful theological deadweight 
so that you can create the reality you want to see in this community based on your gifts, your excitement, your spirit nudges. Yes, of course, alongside this, there's always going to be a level of sacrifice. There's always going to be a level of grunt work, trust me. But remember, we are in this committed relationship with paradox around here. And so simultaneously and as per usual in our community, there will also always be sacred space, space for you to lead, space for you to become, space for you to continue to expand your capacity for generosity. And I hope that this sacred space is a blessing to you in this season as you step into this new role because I'm confident your presence and your ministry as a deacon of this church will bless us now and in the days to come. I'm so grateful to be a small part of this ritual moment today, um, but I really want to invite Jana back up to lead this part and invite you three up as well um, to, as we usher you into this work through this liturgy that we'll read together. <laughs> 